Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome. I hope you all had a good week. I hope you enjoyed my episode last week. And this week, excitingly enough, Teen Mom OG is back. Am I thrilled? No, not particularly. Um, I've always been way more of a fan uh, of Teen Mom OG. Excuse me, of Teen Mom 2 than Teen Mom OG. I just feel like Teen Mom 2 has a significantly better cast. It has more interesting storylines. It has Janelle. You know, like, it's a better show. But OG is where it started. Of course, I'll be watching and recapping. How could I not? I mean, just because I like Teen Mom 2 better doesn't mean that I don't like OG. Just so you guys know, I'm recording this not in my bed for the first time ever. I am recording um, sitting at a kitchen table for the family I babysit. I got asked to babysit last minute, and of course I leave all podcasting to the last possible second. And uh, luckily this kid goes to bed early, so he is asleep, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table praying that the parents don't come home while I do this because... I just can't explain podcasting to people. It's just like, it's just a lot. It's a lot for me. It's also 1,000 degrees in here um, because they keep it quite warm in this house and I don't feel comfortable turning down other people's air conditioning. It's just not, I feel like that's not polite. You know, if I babysit for you, like I will eat all your food, except not today because I'm trying to be back on my diet. Um, I won't really go through your things and I will not turn down your air conditioning. Mostly I'll just eat all your food. So yeah, OG's back. Uh, There's been a lot of drama this week online, primarily with Matt and Amber. I didn't really want to report on it because it just seems so fucking fake. But I don't know, man. So these pictures came out that Matt supposedly texted to some other girls of Amber hitting him. He had... There were, I think, four different pictures. He has what looked to be pretty real black eyes and scratches down his face. Um, This is dark, to say the least, if they're true. My thing is, I don't particularly think they're true. Um, Like, I have this crazy theory that <laughs> that Matt is sending texts to people. Like, maybe the, maybe the bruises are fake. Um, maybe he's really good at Photoshop. I Like, there could be a couple different you know reasonings I guess uh for how these were created and Matt texts them out to people knowing that they are going to get back to gossipers right and knowing that they're going to be reported online he's a con man Matt is the ultimate con man uh I think that goes without saying so we haven't really talked about Matt and Amber like at all on this podcast because we haven't been an OG Uh, My thoughts on Matt are that he, one, has no, okay, I just lost my train of thought, um, and I probably won't edit that out, 
because as I said, I'm babysitting and the little kid I babysit for has seizures. Um, he has autism and a lot of special needs. And so he's asleep in his bedroom, but I'm watching him on a camera on a laptop that his parents have set up, which is cool. But he just started moving around. And I got really nervous. He might be having a seizure, but I think he's just moving around in his sleep. So back to Matt and Amber. Um, I think Matt is like the ultimate fucking con man, right? Like, okay, so first of all, I don't think that he was tweeting other cast members in an attempt to, like, fuck them. Like, yeah, I know he, like, tweeted Ferris hot and he tweeted at Janelle that she was trash or hot and then she was trash. I know she he's, like, made his way around. I know. I get it. But my thing is, I don't think he, like, legitimately thought that he was, like, doing that to get them. I think he was just doing it because he's a fucking creep and he's an internet creep. Amber is just dumb enough to have answered him and maybe not dumb. That's like not nice to say, but lonely, sad, insecure, isolated enough that she would tweet him back and then go to DMs and then fucking fly him out to see her and then move him into her house and then get engaged to him and possibly get married to him. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's part one. Do I think he was, like, hitting on the other girls? Like, I know he was, but I think it was just, like, in a gross Twitter guy way. You know, like, every other fucking gross guy on Twitter does. Second, I don't believe Matt's an addict. So, I have this theory that's I think pretty getting pretty commonly accepted online. By the way, the AC just kicked on. I guess I spoke it to life. You know, I see believed achieved and now I'm cold. (laughs) Story of my life. Interesting podcast fodder. So I don't think Matt's an addict. Why do I not think Matt's an addict? Well, one, like every um, ex who has come out and talked about him has said like they've never known him to have any sort of drug addiction. Every single one. Uh, there was one person that, like, was on Reddit, and, I mean, it was totally unverified, and she said that her and Matt were family friends and that they'd known each other and that he drank a lot but never any drugs. And she was like, he, I kind of thought he might be an alcoholic, but no drugs. So I have this theory that Matt has, con- like, concocted this whole backstory of being a drug addict just to get in with Amber and also to, like, excuse all of his fucking shit he is a known liar we know he's a fucking liar at the ass you know he originally told amber he had what two kids and then it came out that he had seven kids which by the way the count is now up to i believe seven official kids uh he claims five but there are court cases for seven kids and you know like they're fucking court cases and uh between nine and ten alternative possible not alternative possible kids so yeah there's that first of all (laughs) right there's that uh that little thing where matt has 10 kids and told amber he only had two and now still says he only has five um so he's a known liar he lies to everybody he used to tell people on twitter that he went to mit and that he was a pro pro poker player Blah, 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 blah. We see him lie all the fucking time on the show. He's a fucking liar. And he's a con man. And, like, what better way to get in with Sad Amber? Because that's what Amber is. She's Sad Amber. 
than to like create this whole backstory where people believe or where you make your mark believe that you two have the same struggle. And Amber has done a lot of fucked up shit in her past. And she says it's because of drugs, although I think a lot of it is because she's just a shitty person. Amber has done all this fucked up shit, but it gets explained away because she was an addict, right? And now she's not, (laughs) which is like, LOL, I have to get an, I have a long rant ahead of uh, their plans to open a rehab, which is like insane. But, um, so what better way to get in with Amber than to like come up with this story where they have the same struggle. And also, if you guys haven't noticed, the story keeps changing. So when he first came on the show and they asked him what Matt was addicted to, he said, you know, same stuff as Amber. Okay, that that's kind of a weird answer. Um, but like as an addict myself, I understand. I know I've been on here like I'm a heroin addict, but like with people I don't know, like I usually don't like come out and scream like I'm a heroin addict if they find out I'm in recovery. Sometimes, depending on the circumstance, I'll say I'm an alcoholic, um, which like I am. I am an alcoholic. But, you know, being an alcoholic is a lot more socially acceptable than being a heroin addict for whatever reason. I mean, I know the reason. I'm not stupid. Uh, Or sometimes I'll say, like, I was addicted to opiates, which is, like, really silly. (laughs) It's really silly, but I'll say I'm addicted to opiates because opiates doesn't scare people the way that the word heroin scares people. So when Matt said that initially, I was just kind of like, okay. But he told everybody that he had five years clean at the time. He told Dr. Drew that he had a sponsor and that he was in AA. Okay. Then all of a sudden, Matt and Amber are drinking. Okay, I guess he's not in AA and doesn't have a sponsor. Sure, fine. On the last reunion, they say Matt showed up to Amber's house high and that she had to throw his pills down the toilet and, like, detox him on her couch and, like, I, I don't believe that. I think that's, like, a story they've come up with. Um, yeah, I just don't really truly believe Matt's a drug addict. I think Matt is a con man. I think maybe Matt is somebody that has personality issues. And, I mean, maybe he has, like, alcoholism issues. But I just find it very hard to believe that he's a drug addict. I find it very hard to believe. I think it makes way more sense that he is... Connie and Amber. But here's my thing. I think Amber might know this. I have been saying for a while that Amber um, isn't being manipulated and controlled so much as she's like allowing herself to be in a relationship with this shitty guy because she's a shitty person too. You know, like she's not a good person. So if she's not a good person, why does she, why would she care that her husband or soon to be husband has five to ten children that he's not taking care of she doesn't give a fuck because she's not taking care of her own kid she doesn't give a shit amber's never gave a shit about her kid which i know is going to piss off some listeners but she hasn't she has never shown real true interest in mothering that child sure i'm sure she loves her but please miss me with any amber sacrifice everything for leah she didn't sacrifice shit for leah yeah, she chose to go to prison. You know why Amber chose to go to prison? Here's the fun fact for you guys. Amber was arrested for the domestic violence, which, by the way, wasn't until months after it happened. Uh, viewers saw it on TV and flipped out and called the police. Then she kept she got put on probation for that, and she kept violating probation. So they were going to put her on this thing called drug court, which I don't know if you guys know what drug court is, but it's extremely strict. You're drug tested like two to three times a week. You have to go to a certain amount of meetings, counseling. It's an alternative to to jail for drug addicts 
Um, people who do well in drug court usually go on to have a lot of continued success. But here's the kicker. If you get caught getting high on drug court, your sentence is very long. It's much longer than if you voluntarily go to prison to finish out the length of your probation or suspended sentence like Amber did. Amber didn't go to jail because she knew it was the only way she'd get clean. That's fucking bullshit. She went to jail because she didn't want to go on drug court and fuck up on drug court and have to do double the amount of time. Like, yeah, it's great she went to jail and got clean while she was in jail and, like, I'll never take that away from her, but... Like, she spins this story of, like, making the ultimate sacrifice and deciding to go to jail. And, like, it, it's not right. It, it's not a true story. It's not a true story. So why the fuck would Amber care if Matt's a liar? Because she's a fucking liar. And she's always been a liar. And I'm off on a tangent. And I haven't even gotten into this fucking episode. But, like, it's hard to talk about Matt and not bring up, like, everything that I need to bring up about him because there's so much backstory. And here's the thing, like, if you just watch the show and you don't read the internet, um, Matt seems like a really good guy, comparatively. Um, him and Amber don't really fight. They've been on, like, they've been in one fight the entire time. And it was scary. He got drunk and punched a wall. You know, sober and Matt got drunk together. Sober Amber and Matt got drunk together and got into a fight, which he punched a wall. But, okay, I guess they're still sober. Um, and he takes care of her. He takes care of Leah. He seems to really love her. Uh, she seems like good with him. They seem genuinely happy. So you would think they're like in love, this great couple, but no, Matt's a fucking con man. But let's get into the episode. Um, I was glad to see that iPad was back, you know, glad that iPad was there. I've missed the iPad. I wonder why Teen Mom 2 isn't going to the iPad. I think they should, personally. <laughs> I like I like the updated look. Uh, let's get right off the bat. Let's. Just, I think we're just going to go in order of how they appeared in my notes. And I'm going to start with Farrah. Oh, Farrah, Farrah, Farrah. My thoughts on Farrah. Um, you guys heard them in my episode I did with Molly two weeks ago. I guess that was two weeks ago now. I recorded a lot of podcasts in this last, like, week and a half, just so you guys know, and I'm a little jumbled. Um, some great stuff coming up in May, in case you were wondering. <laughs> uh, but uh, our producer, Nicole, is going on vacation, so I've pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. And by a bunch, I mean, like, three, but... Let me tell you, I do not know how Molly records three podcasts a week, uh, sometimes four, because it's like doing one podcast like drains me for an entire week and doing three this week has been extremely difficult. This is my third one this week. I'm doing a fourth tomorrow. I have no idea how Molly does it. <sighs> Diet Coke break. Okay, so I think Farah has narcissistic personality disorder that... um she got from being raised by a mother with narcissistic personality disorder and a father that's an enabler and like she has now become deborah right like farah is now deborah and it's fucking terrifying for me to watch okay so we start at sophia's store and it's like why does sophia need a store like let your child be a fucking child Like, she doesn't need a boutique named after her. Like, this is too much. I don't agree with this. Also, I think it's terrible business. She's opened three brick and motor stores in, like, six months. Do you guys know how fucking expensive that is? 
like to take on three leases, first of all, like that's crazy. Um, I know a lot of people are like commending her hustle. And yeah, she is doing more work than almost any of the other teen moms. I will give her that. I'll give her that all day. She's trying. I think she does not have a good business manager. I don't know if she has any business manager. Um, her homes she bought are way overpriced. She bought them for too much and now she's trying to sell them for too much. On her LA home, she's going to have to take a loss. She's been trying to sell that Austin home for like two years. Nobody's going to fucking buy it because it's too expensive. So to take on leases alone on three stores is insane. Um, then to take on the overhead of three pretty expensive stores. I guess the frozen yogurt store isn't too much. Uh, it's just the initial like equipment. But to stock a furniture store and a clothing store is pretty expensive. That's a lot of overhead. And also, like, has anyone seen a successful frozen yogurt place in the last three years? I haven't. All the frozen yogurt places that are still there have been there for like 10 years. Any new frozen yogurt place I've noticed is shutting down like right away because people are over frozen yogurt or there's enough frozen yogurt to go around. I mean, I fucking love frozen yogurt. Billy and I, hi, Billy, I love you. Billy and I had frozen yogurt, what was that, a month ago? It was delicious. But the fact is like frozen yogurt places are on their way out. I mean, what, Pinkberry was in style? Like, they went to Pinkberry on Sex in the City, I'm pretty sure. So that had to have, that was over 10 years ago. Uh, that was probably 12 or 15 years ago that they did that. I think it was season six. And I think Charlotte and Harry go there, don't they? With the dogs. Cute. <laughs> this is now a Sex in the City podcast. Wouldn't that be funny if I just changed it? No, it wouldn't be. Okay, so... Farrah's face looked fucking insane for this whole episode. Did you guys notice this? Like, the blonde, I need her to go back to brown. A blonde-haired Farrah doesn't sit right with me. Not at all. It actually kind of scares me. And her face is so fucking filled, I can't even... I, I can't even comprehend it. Her butt, on the other hand, I think looks good. They did not go too big. I mean, it's big. Don't get me wrong. But she didn't go Kalen big. It doesn't look too insane. She just looks like she has a really nice butt. I mean, it, it looks fake, but I think that's a look she's going for, obviously. But it doesn't look insane. But her face, like, she looks 45 years old. I don't understand why these reality TV stars don't understand that, like, injecting shit into your face at the rate they do ages you. When will they understand this? Just get a little bit in your lines, maybe get a tiny bit in your lips and stop. I'm also speaking to you, the girls of Vanderpump Rules. Relax. You know, Farrah's like 25 or 26. Like, what is she thinking? Um, We do hear that Derek's dad is more involved, which is great. Um, I'm glad for Sophia. I hope he's normal and she has some sort of normal influence in her life. Simon and Farrah are on a break, which is like, ugh, what are my thoughts on Simon? I think Simon's kind of funny, but he's obviously a fame whore because he allows himself to be subjected to Farrah, and he trolls the cast in a way that bothers me to an extent. Um, excuse me. I don't really know how to explain why it bothers me. Sometimes I think it's funny, like he'll be on Snapchat, you know, oh my gosh, I have the hiccups. He'll be on Snapchat, like live snapping the episode and like, yeah, it's, like, funny sometimes, but I don't know. It's, like, a little desperate and also a little pathetic because it's, like, he dates, fucks, whatever, he and 
Faradu, like the most desperate one out there. So like when he's trolling Amber and Kate and Tyler and Matt, like and Macy, um, the only person he doesn't troll is Gary. He like loves Gary. So I guess he does have some good taste. <laughs> um, the only like it's like, OK, so you're trolling all them, but fair is just as bad, if not worse than all those other girls. So why why Simon thinks he's like on some high horse above these other characters doesn't really make sense to me because he's also on this pathetic show. Um, once he like tweeted because somebody was like you're still getting paid for this he was like MTV sign my pay donate my paycheck to charity and like MTV the MTV person tweeted back like you know that's not how it works (laughs) he said he was going to donate all $10,000 or whatever he was making for the season and I'm sure he didn't also I think Simon is fake rich um if you guys don't know real estate agents, he works in real estate. He, like, buys shitty houses and fixes them up and flips them. If you guys don't know real estate agents, like, real estate is the number one industry to be, like, a fake rich person in because you get a commission and you go out and you buy a huge car and then you fucking live, like, a really nice car. I think he drives a Maserati or something. And then you lease it. And then you live in a shit box and eat ramen noodles every night. Uh, I know so many fake rich real estate people, but they get really nice stuff because they're like projecting this image to the client. So yeah, Simon, he's whatever. We didn't even see him this episode. I guess Fair and Deborah in therapy with Dr. Jen, which is like <sighs> ridiculous. Like I, you know, people I keep reading online like, well, Fair is in therapy. Fair is trying. And I'm like, she's in therapy with Dr. fucking Jen. Like, get a real therapist. Don't do it on TV. Is that so much to ask? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Because the reason she wants to be with Dr. Jen is because Dr. Jen doesn't really confront her and cosigns her bullshit, as we've seen on couples therapy. Uh, I wrote down that Fair's face is in the uncanny valley for me. Like, it's just, it makes me uncomfortable. So... They're prepping Sophia for a photo shoot because uh, in case you guys didn't know, uh, Farrah is now obsessed with making Sophia famous and recently gave an interview saying that they were planning on moving to L.A. so that uh, Farrah, Sophia could be an actress, which is like my worst nightmare for Sophia, um, for me and for Sophia. Imagine having Farrah as your mother. Imagine having Farrah as your stage mother. Oh, that's a scary thought. It's a scary, scary thought process. Um, they're at the house getting ready, and it's funny because they're, like, fighting in front of uh, Jerry, the grandpa Jerry, but also, like, Fair is trying very hard not to fight in front of him, and you can tell she's, like, trying to be on her very best behavior, and Deb is using it toward her advantage because Fair is like, Mom! And that way, I, can, I can't imitate Fair's voice. I mean, I can't imitate anyone's voice, not just Farrah. There's a reason that I'm I don't do impressions uh, on this show because I'm not good at them. But um, she's like, "Mom, did you curl her hair?" And like you could tell, Farrah was about to flip out. And Deb goes, "Yeah, I curled her hair, didn't I, Jerry?" And so then Farrah couldn't yell at Deborah because if she yelled at Deborah and called her a lawyer, a liar, I almost said lawyer. If she called her a liar, then she'd also be calling Jerry a liar. That was an interesting little dynamic because I don't, I can't remember another person that Ferris ever like actively tried to not be like a complete asshole in front of. 
Um, Deb, oh, <laughs> so they go to a photo shoot, I think. I just, I just got lost in my notes. Hold on one second. So they have the photo shoot. It's like, it's fine. It's a stupid scene, but it, it's fine. Um, Deborah looks half like she wants to be involved and half like she's just playing with Sophia. Um, like, Farrah's annoyed, like, Mom, come on, stop distracting her. But then I'm like, well, she's just having fun with Sophia, except I'm sure she's only doing that to make Farrah mad, so it's, like, not actually great. <laughs> you know, it's, like, not nice of her. Um, Deborah's an awful person. She's just awful. She's really awful. Uh, we get to see Michael and Farrah together, and Farrah's there. She's in her store, and Michael's helping, and Farrah's like, oh, you should have seen mom. All she wanted to do was be in the photo shoot. All she wanted to be do is be in the photo shoot. And Michael was like, well, mom and I just love you so much. And we just want to help so much. But then we help too much. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Michael. Michael's like a, a tough nut to crack. I think Michael enables... Farah, you know, a lot. Um, I think he enables Deb a lot. I think he is like a battered husband. Um, I, I just, I can never get a full read on him. So when he's like, we just help you too much. It's like, no, why aren't you holding Farah accountable for her behavior? I don't know. Just Michael doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Farah's like, well, we went to therapy. So why is she doing that after therapy? And I'm like, Farah, babe, therapy, therapy, like, is not an overnight thing that fixes everything. Um, our next scene of Farah is her outside. I love Farah's outdoor furniture, by the way. And Deb and Farah are talking, and Farah's doing the voice she does, like, and I call it the I hate you mommy voice. Uh, it, I can't even describe it, but I think you guys all know what I'm talking about. Um, Farrah wants, Farrah wants to talk about the therapy, and Deb says the doctor say I'm fine, but I think she was saying the doctor, and I think she meant her fiancé, is, like, what I took away from it. Um, Farrah's pissed that, like, yeah, we went to the therapy, but now you're not working on yourself. She's like, well, I'm working on myself, and you're not working on yourself, which is, in my opinion, like, a reasonable thing to be upset about, you know, like, What's the point of us going to therapy together if you're not then going to work on yourself and try and get better? And it's so funny because she, Farrah's like, well, I don't need you to be around me anymore if you're not going to be positive. And Farrah does this thing, if you guys haven't noticed, that she says over and over and over and over again that she's positive. I'm positive. I'm positive. I only want positivity, positivity, positivity. But she's like the most negative fucking person in the world um, ever. So... (laughs) That's like, that's a funny little thing, right? Uh, Farrah insists she's like so fucking positive. And it's like, you can't just go around telling people you're positive. You either are a positive person or you're not a positive person. Well, that's not true. You either are being positive or you're not being positive. And you can't be like in the worst tone of voice and being really nasty to people and also saying that you're positive and only like positivity. She's just crazy. Uh, We see the opening of Sophia Laurent. And they do a ribbon cutting uh, ceremony, and Farrah is acting just like Deb, like, with getting attention. Like, did Farrah very much had, like, her fake Deb face on at that opening? Um, 
Sophia's wearing a shirt that said Born Famous, which I found to be very problematic. Um, it just goes to show, in my opinion, that Fair is pushing this, like, famous thing on Sophia and not she's not letting Sophia just be a normal kid. And I understand none of the kids on Teen Mom are really any reality show or just, like, a normal kid. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Having your kid in a Born Famous shirt when they're actually literally born famous is weird. You know, like, it, it just... It just makes me feel weird, and I'm not exactly sure why. And I can't, like, exactly pinpoint why. But it it, it leaves me with a bad feeling. Um, then they say goodbye to Deborah. Fair is basically like, get the fuck out of my house. I noticed she had a Fiat parked in her driveway. And I wonder if she's downgraded her Maserati to a Fiat. Or her Tesla. She didn't have a Maserati. She had a Tesla. Um, I'm guessing that baby was leased, and that baby is gone, gone, gone. Can you lease Teslas? Yeah. I mean, right, you have to be able to lease a Tesla, right? I would really like a Tesla SUV. So in case you guys don't know, I work in Palm Beach, which is like, you know, one of the richest places in America. Um, I was going to say the world, but I don't think that's true. And so I literally see like super luxury cars. Like I probably see 10 Rolls Royces and 15 Bentleys a day, um, which is like insane. And I see Teslas all the time and they're my favorite luxury car. Just in case you were wondering, if anybody was wondering what Liz Bentley's favorite luxury car is, it's a Tesla SUV. I love them. They're so cute. Okay, so um, Farah is going to dinner with Michael and uh, they are having dinner and Fair says, obviously I love my mom, but it's so hurtful when she's around me and the things she does to Sophia. What does that mean, guys? What things does Deborah do to Sophia? If anything, I feel like it's Farah and Deborah together doing things to Sophia by having their fights. Um, I think... Deb does manipulate Sophia, but, like, not any worse than Farrah does. So, I don't know. I'm just not really sure what she meant by that. And then Farrah starts to cry, which, like, does make me feel a little bad because, like, she has no control over her emotions whatsoever. Farrah is very much like Janelle in that sense. I think Farrah clearly has PTSD um, on top of her narcissism. I don't know. Is she really narcissistic? narcissist? I don't know, but she shows a lot of traits of it. And she has what seems to me to be very bad PTSD um and she starts crying and Michael gives her like this weird hug uh but I thought Michael was being really empathetic and like letting her talk and he said something like every family's heart has their problems but our family's really dysfunctional and I'm like well you've got that right buddy um (laughs) and Farrah says I take it super serious my whole life to have a good family I don't, I think Farrah has a processing disorder that makes the things like she says, like not make sense with what she's thinking in her head. And so I literally can't understand the things that she's trying to say half the time. What does she mean when she says, I took it, I've taken having, I took it super serious my whole life to have a good family. What does that mean? Like her whole life she's wanted a good family or her whole life she's tried to have a good tried to have a good family and keep the family together but that's like not at all what we've seen of her um 
I wonder if she thinks that and doesn't realize her actions don't reflect that. I don't think it's on Farah though, to be responsible for their family to be happy. Like, I, I don't think that's on Farah. You know, her parents are who they are. I do think, though, if Farah is so serious about having a good and happy family, then she needs to cut Devin, probably Michael, off. Like, Deborah needs to be cut off. Um, she needs to keep Deb out of her life and possibly Sophia's life because... If she wants to have a happy family for Sophia, then she needs to break the cycle. And she's not doing that right now. And if anything, she's, like, going to be worse than Deb. Because I feel like she's had a head start on it. Um, Which is, like, scary and sad and upsetting. So, her last line that I've written down is, If anyone has tried their hardest to have a great family, it's me. Hmm. That seems inaccurate. But, you know... Farah doesn't live on the same planet as the rest of us, I really don't think. She just, she just doesn't. Um, you know, she just doesn't. So let's go to Macy and see what Macy's up to. Uh, remember last season, she had her third oops baby. <laughs> uh, she has three kids, which three kids is a lot to have in case you guys didn't know. Jade, who's they spell her name J-A-Y-D. E, obviously, instead of just J-A-D-E. And Jade's name I really like, by the way, but not with a Y. Jade is really, really cute. Um, It's Halloween. We get a little flashback of Macy's wedding, and I hated Macy's wedding look. I thought her hair pulled back like that was not a good look because her forehead is too big. Uh, Her dress looked ridiculous with her huge boobs. She was pulling it up the entire night. It was ill-fitting. I wish she had gone with a... First of all, not a strapless. I don't love a strapless dress for most people. Um, I'm pretty over the strapless wedding dress look. Sometimes it looks great and some people really pull it off. But I did not think it was great for Macy. Uh, I wish she had gone with maybe something with sleeves. Something that she wasn't pulling on all night. Uh, I just maybe had gone with her hair down and curled it was just, it was harsh. It was harsh. And I was surprised Macy went so traditional. I wish she had, like, had a little more fun with it. Uh, we get to see Ryan with Mackenzie, who I'm calling his child bride. In case you guys didn't know, Mackenzie is 20 years old. She might be 21 by now, but when they were filming, she is 20 years old. You heard me right. That is the number two zero. I understand that she looks a hard 36. I get it. But she is not a hard 36. She is 20 years old. She has a child. Uh, She's already been married and divorced. And now her and Ryan are engaged again. However, um, I do think it's a good match for Ryan. I think for Mackenzie, it's a terrible match. Because I believe I've said this on the podcast before. I'm 100% certain Ryan is a drug addict. I'm 100% certain of it. I'm so sure that he's on drugs. Um, I've felt this since Team Mom OG came back. It just seems very obvious to me. Uh, their family dynamics scream it to me. Uh, the fact that Larry is always mad at him. Jen is always protecting him and covering it up. It's a dynamic I've seen a million different times in families that have uh, an addict child. It's that scene with the wrenches last year. Like... <sighs> If Ryan didn't fucking pawn some of his dad's tools and Jen covered it up and then Larry found out Jen covered it up and he got really mad at both of them, like, strike me down and kill me right now because I'm positive that's what fucking happened. That Like, that is what happened. Um, but I do think Mackenzie is good for him because this is his first girlfriend with a kid. So 
I think that's good because all of his other girlfriends so far have just been like pretty little thin 20-somethings, early 20-somethings that don't give a fuck about playing stepmom and why would they? Uh, They just want to fuck and have fun and party and I don't think Mackenzie's into that. I don't think Mackenzie's into partying. I think she is serious about Ryan being a good dad. I think she's serious about wanting a stepdad for her kid. Do I think Ryan is a good choice for that? (laughs) Absolutely not. Do I think Mackenzie will be on divorce number two by 25? Absolutely do. Um, But I do think from where Ryan's sitting, Mackenzie is good for her, for him, because she seems to genuinely give a shit about Ryan and Ryan being a good dad to Bentley. So, yeah, I'm happy for him. Not so happy for her. Uh, the Macy basically tells us that this year they are not going to be trick-or-treating at Jen and Larry's for the first time ever because she's just sick of, like, you know, doing these things in the hopes that Ryan will follow through, and he doesn't. As everybody remembers Halloween last year, Ryan went and got his face very detailed, 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 got his face painted in extremely detailed, uh, as like a a ghost or like a skull, um, and he showed up like three hours late. Everybody had already gone trick or treating. He was devastated. Bentley was devastated. Uh, it was really weird and fucking dark, and it made no sense. And it was just bizarre. It was so weird. So I think that was kind of the final straw for Macy. And you know, I like this for Macy. I like the idea of her being like, "We're gonna do it at my house." Her parents were there. I noticed. Um, Jen and Larry are more than welcome to come, which of course they did, but we're going to do it over here. I have three fucking kids now. Like, it's, I'm not waiting around for Ryan. And I think that's really good. You know, Bentley is so lucky to have Jen and Larry and Macy is so lucky to have Jen and Larry. I mean, we're all lucky to have Jen and Larry in our lives, right? But the fact is like, Macy now has three, two other kids. They have a life and a family and the whole family shouldn't be bending around like accommodating Ryan and Jen and Larry have shown time and time again that they will go out of their way for Bentley. So why not have them come to her? I thought, I thought it made a lot of sense what she was saying. Um, I don't think Macy will ever stand in the way of Bentley and Ryan having a relationship, but I do think that she is just done trying to facilitate it and good for her. I say good for her. Uh, the Edwards family goes out to lunch they have a nice little lunch and it's cute they talk about macy's wedding and say how beautiful it was (laughs) and by the way there was like fucking very little break in filming um it's halloween macy got married i believe at the beginning of october there was like no break in filming it's crazy um Mm -hmm. so guys i'm running this weird ebay hustle through my work where my boss and I are selling Commodore Amiga games, which is, like, really, really crazy. I don't even know how I got myself into it. My boss just texted me we got two new sales, so that's great. So, yeah, do you guys know what a Commodore Amiga is? I did not know until my boss inherited all this extra crap and wanted me to sell it. And I get a percentage of it, and it's quite fun. And now I'm quite addicted to Commodore video games. A Commodore is an old computer. If you guys are watching The Americans, Matthew got a Commodore 64. (laughs) I think the Amiga came after the Commodore 64. Actually, I'm pretty sure it did. Um, I think I know that for a fact. 
so yeah, sorry to get off topic, but you know, I'm an entrepreneur, if you will. I run a small business. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like I'm a multi-level marketer telling you guys I run a small business, but really I like fucking sell old computer fucking games on eBay. <laughs> um, by the way, my my boss is like a fucking literal newborn at his house like that he his wife had and he's like texting me about this hyped on life classic this is what losers we are okay uh so (laughs) back to the show i'm sure you guys all really care about my like details of my work and ebay in life mace or uh the edwards are at lunch and ryan is discussing macy's wedding and says that he had a dream where she was wearing a different wedding dress and Jen and Mackenzie are like, this is really weird. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and Ryan's like, no, like, she was still marrying the same guy. She wasn't marrying me. Uh, I can't control what I dream, which I, like, found very funny. Um, yeah, I found it. I just thought it was, like, a really weird scene. Like, Ryan was really up in this scene and being very weird. Um, they call Macy to make sure that... He already has a costume. Macy says he doesn't. I think they take on the responsibility of getting the costume. We see Ryan McKenzie go on a little walk. And McKenzie, this is what I'm saying, where I think she's good for him. She's like, well, last year was weird. That won't happen again. We're going to be on time. Uh, And Ryan's, like, started to get a little mad. And he was like, this is, like... He's like, well, you know, like, I was late. I didn't mean to be late. And Mackenzie was like, he was waiting on you, and that's not right. And I, like, really appreciated that she said that. And, um, yeah, she was like, we're not going to be late this year. She's like, I'm not mad at you about last year. Like, you don't have to explain last year to me. But I'm just letting you know, like, I'm not a late person, and we're going to be on time. And it was refreshing to see, uh, you know, sometimes it takes a woman I mean, it always takes a woman. It sucks that, like, somebody doing the bare minimum I'm, like, excited about, but that's where we are in this world, I guess. And by this world, I mean the team mom world. So the next scene is everybody trick-or-treating. Jen and Larry show up. Jen is... So Bentley is thing one. I don't know who thing two is. There's no thing two. Unless it was one of his little friends and they just didn't show it. Uh, Jade is Lucy... Maverick is Charlie Brown. Um, I think Taylor just wore like his Dallas Cowboys jersey. And Macy had a cute little shirt on that's like squad because they're, you know, like a Charlie Brown shirt, a peanut shirt. And the little kids looked really cute. Jen came as thing five. I'm not really sure what five is. (laughs) Are there five things? I thought it was just thing one and two. Um, It was cute. Ryan and Mackenzie are late in traffic, and I'm like, oh, shit. And Bentley says the saddest thing, which is he's always late, which made me want to cry. They, I guess they're at Macy's. I think they went to Macy's parents' house because they're riding around on a golf cart. I'm like, whose fucking golf cart is that? But then I noticed Macy's mom was driving it, and Ryan shows up, which I thought it seemed really late, but then everybody was laughing. So I was like, oh, maybe he just literally showed up 15 minutes late because there was actually traffic. And it's cute. It's funny. He like walks over the cart and Macy goes with her accent. She's like, you look like Ryan from Teen Mom. And they all laugh. And um, I just found it was like a really beautiful blended family moment. 
Ryan was engaging with Lil Jade and like said hi to Maverick and was spending time with Bentley and Mackenzie and Macy were talking and both sets of grandparents were there. And as I've advocated on here before, like I'm fucking obsessed with a blended family. I love a blended family. I think it's awesome. Like I don't think Mackenzie's son was there that we saw. Um, But, you know, I think it's great that Bentley can be with his siblings and with his dad. And that they're not making him choose. I think that's like a really, uh, a really beautiful thing for them. Uh, afterwards, Taylor and Macy have a little talk, and they're like, "Well, Ryan was on time for Ryan's time, which means like he showed up only twenty minutes late or whatever." <laughs> and Taylor was like, "Well, yeah, that was Mackenzie, obviously." So uh, I think it's, they like Mackenzie. Obviously, they recognize that she's doing good for him, and. Macy says something like, I, Mackenzie must wear, or I guess Taylor says, Mackenzie must wear the pants. And Macy says, I wear the pants too. And Taylor gives her a kind of look and she says, I wear the pants till they get too big, then you put them on. Which I, like, I thought was cute. I don't know, guys. I think Macy and Taylor are, like, genuinely happy. And I think they'll be together for a long time. Like, maybe not forever, but I think they're in it for the long haul. I think they're both low-key, low-drama people. I bet they don't fight a lot. I think they're like teammates, partners, and I think they, they're friends and they love each other. I I don't think their relationship is like super exciting, you know, for us to watch or for them to be in, but they do seem genuinely happy with each other and that's a great and beautiful thing. Hey guys, to hear the rest of my thoughts on this episode, including me working myself up into such a tizzy that I legitimately cry, like I actually cry during Amber's section because I get so angry. <laughs> Come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Pledge at the $5 level and you'll get access to the full episode of Feathers in My Hair. All right, guys. Love you. Have a great week. Kisses. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.